Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Two Point Podcast, where our conversion rate is always 100%. I'm Craig, and I'm joined by Nate. Hey, guys. How are we doing today? And we're going to be looking at all the remaining matchups for the week, uh, talking about anything that we find interesting or we think is noteworthy in the matchup. So we'll start off with the Patriots and the Bills game. Uh, the major things that I'm going to be looking at in this game is uh, can Cam Newton bounce back? Obviously, last week was a rough week with him with the three interceptions. And then the Patriots run defense against the Buffalo run offense. So I'm looking, can the Patriots bounce back on run defense? They've allowed 100 yards rushing the past two weeks to Jeff Olson Jr. and Philip Lindsay. And then the situation in Buffalo with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Last week it was pretty 50-50. The first two games were the same way as well. Personally, I think this is the week that Zach Moss breaks out, and I expect him to have a pretty good game against this Patriots run defense. What do you think, Nate? Uh, I kind of agree with you. I feel like if the Bills run, uh, running backs actually kind of allow themselves to be a little bit more known in that run game. I think it will be easier to take a lot more off of Allen's back. Uh, as of right now, he's a, he was a leading rusher uh, last week. And when it comes to the quarterback issues, I agree with you 100%. For me, it's more or less getting Cam Newton to feel more comfortable in that Patriots offense. He's the leading rusher on that team right now. Granted, they're having some injury issues in the backfield there in New England, but Burkhead can't really shoulder the load for the most part, which has unfortunately forced Cam to kind of go back into that rushing style quarterback that he's been doing. But when it comes to him actually throwing the ball, he's only had two uh, touchdowns this season with seven interceptions, so his accuracy has actually plummeted quite ex- exponentially. I want that both running back uh, units to kind of step up in this game to kind of help their teams get over the edge so that the quarterbacks can do what they do best and obviously try to throw the ball. Like you mentioned the Patriots backfield. I think they, they're trying to use Damian Harris more on the early downs and then kind of Burkett and James White more as pass catching options than anything. That's correct. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of camp struggles come down to the receivers not getting separation and getting open as well. That's correct. But I think in New England, the, the way their style of offense is set up, I feel like Bilicek does a really good job of trying to set them up to succeed. And you figure out when Tom Brady was there for the last two decades, essentially they ran a lot of slant routes and, and a lot of routes that allowed their wide receivers to kind of get those short plays going. With Cam Newton coming in, I feel like they've tried to switch up that offense a little bit. And Daniels, as a coordinator, is usually pretty good about utilizing their quarterbacks to the best of their ability. I think that they need to try and eliminate putting so much on Cam's back. But, yeah, I agree with you for the most part. Yeah. Uh, who do you have winning this game? I believe I actually picked the Bills to win this one. They've been looking rough lately, but I just feel like the offense is more put together uh, in Buffalo. Obviously, the Bills' defense is doing pretty solid this year. They're pretty decent on turnovers. But they're just like in the middle of the pack if you really look at the stat line. So, to me, I just think the Bills will be able to pull out the win on this. I got the Bills as well, unless uh, Julian Edelman has a big game, which he could have That's because true. the Bills have struggled with slot. The Bills have really struggled with slot receivers in the past. And Edelman's just—he's a, a savvy vet. He he really knows how to find holes. He's he's really good for fantasy points uh, in receptions. It's not you know uncommon for him to get six to eleven targets a game on average when the offense is clicking. So I agree with you. I think it does. The Patriots' success does align with that pass uh, offense that they need to rely on tonight. Yep. And we'll we'll get into the next one now. So we got the Titans and the Bengals. And the kind of things I'm looking at in this one is I had Joe Mixon down as a question mark. I don't think he's going to end up playing. The Bengals offensive line as a whole has not been very good, and they could be missing two starters on their offensive line. And then are the Bengals going to be able to stop A.J. Brown pretty much? So those are the things I'm really looking for. Most of them are on the Bengals' side more than less. 
it makes complete sense. I think this is the game for the Titans to lose. Like it's they're going to win this game in my opinion. So I feel like they need to rely on Derrick Henry, you know, getting more than four yards a carry. I think the last three weeks he's averaged three, 3.8 or 3.9 yards per carry. He's been kind of settling into that workhorse mode. But on the Bengals side, I agree with you. I think that the running back situation there with Joe Mixon being out, those people are going to have to step up. Um, and with Tennessee, they're not that great against the run right now. They're averaging 4.9 yards per carry and allowing almost 130 yards per game. In order for the Bengals to succeed today, I think the the backups in – in Cincinnati are going to have to step up as well. Mm-hmm. I think that they need to obviously put their foot down on the pedal uh, right away and kind of let the Bengals uh, take themselves out of this so Gaskowski's leg doesn't be the reason that they end up losing another game. Yeah, and I think like another interesting thing to note is Joe Burrow. I talked about him in our Start Sick article for the week on the podcasting network, but Joe Burrow in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, when he does not play the Cleveland Browns, he's only averaging 15.77 points, which is not good by any means. No, it's not. It's really difficult to so, win games like that. I think it's going to be a rough day for the Bengals overall, so I got the Titans winning as well. Perfect. So we'll move over to the Raiders and the Browns now. My storylines in this game are who's Baker Mayfield going to target now that Odell Beckham Jr. is gone? They might be better without Odell anyways. I think Kareem Hunt's going to have a big game. Raiders defense has not been very good against the run. And then another thing I'm going to keep watching is Derek Carr to Nelson Aguilar, that connection, especially since Cleveland's defense gave up 406 yards passing to the Bengals the previous game. It's pretty accurate, actually. I feel like all those things that you're talking about right now is actually legitimately going to be the things to focus on in this game. I agree with you. Derek Carr, the best way that they're going to win this game is throwing over that Cleveland defense anyway. they got a pretty good uh, pass rush. It's going to be interesting to see on the Brown side who who Baker Mayfield is going to be passing to, especially with uh, OBJ out. Is Higgins, uh, Landry, Najoku? Um, I know that they're all playing over sixty percent of the snaps each game in the last few weeks, so it's going to be interesting to see who he definitely targets. Yeah, and Austin Hooper is still going to be out this week as well. They are likely to get Carter L. Hodge back, who was their third receiver the first couple of weeks. He's coming back off IR. He's probably going to play in the slot once again. Honestly, they used him more as a blocking wide receiver than anything. So it'll be interesting to see if he has any factor at all. If, if they don't decide to use him in the pass game for the most part, I, I feel like helping out that run game with Hunt, considering he hasn't the rush game for Cleveland hasn't been over you know 100 yards the last two weeks, that would provide opportunity for Hunt maybe to, to maybe have a good game mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, I think this... It should be a good game for the Raiders overall, too, I think. I think this game is going to be pretty competitive. Decent matchup for Nelson Aguilar and Darren Waller in this one as well. I can agree to that 100%. Uh, Who do you have winning this game? I actually picked Cleveland to win this game. Um, That Raiders defense gave up a lot of yards to uh, Tom Brady last week. Granted, it is Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. And Baker Mayfield is, is no Tom Brady, but I feel like Baker had a really good week last week against a subpar defense, I guess you could say. And and the Raiders, if they gave up that much against Tampa Bay, I feel like they might have another opportunity to succeed, to succeed this week. But for me, I think the game really comes down to if the Raiders want to win, Jacobs is going to have to to get out of his sophomore slump that he's been in. Last week, he only had 10 carries with 17 yards. So to eliminate that, the the issue in uh, being so one, one-sided on the way their offense is approached, I feel like he needs to step up this week. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of teams get one side against Tampa Bay, too. But I, there's another note, too, is Josh Jacobs has a knee injury, so we'll have to see if he ends up playing or not. 
If he doesn't play, Devontae Booker could be an interesting play in fantasy. I have the Raiders winning this game. I think they're the team least likely to make a big mistake in this game. I think uh, Derek Carr is a very conservative, not really conservative quarterback, but he's not known to turn the ball over as much. I think Baker's more likely to turn the ball over in this one. I can agree to that 100%. I feel like the Browns' pass rush is going to – going to be the determination whether Carr feels comfortable or not, um, especially with Miles Garrett. Be, he essentially is putting on a very, very good campaign to become defensive player of the year. So I, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be an interesting matchup that could go either way. Do you know if Trent Brown's going to play this week or not? I'm not 100% sure on that, to be honest with you. I guess I haven't. So newest report says Raiders could get Trent Brown back this week. So looks like he might end up playing. It's really good. He did test positive last week. If he comes back, that's a big boost to their offensive line as a whole. I agree with you on that. We'll move over to the Colts and the Lions next. The couple things I got written down for this one is, uh, will this be the game Jonathan Taylor breaks out? The Lions' defense is not that great against the run overall. Then we got DeAndre Swift. How involved will he be this week? He had a good game two weeks ago. He was a little bit more involved last week. But the Colts do have a tough defense. And then I got Matt Stafford. How does – is he able to be effective against this tough Colts defense? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. For me, it's Stafford specifically against the defensive backs. For the Colts, I feel like that's the weakness of that Colts defense. They're pretty stout when it comes to stopping the run and maintaining you know, control of the game through the box area there. But if they're going to have a weakness today, it's going to come down to Stafford's arm, which is kind of unfortunate because he's usually bailing them out for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's really good against it. I mean, that, that Indianapolis defense is only – literally allowing less than 200 yards per game when it comes to the passing game. So it's going to be interesting to see how Stafford fares against the defensive backs. Yeah, I think they might have to ride Kenny Galladay in this one, just get him the ball early and often, because I think going against Xavier Rhodes, obviously he played for the Vikings last year. Galladay did pretty well against him in the past. So he's definitely something to watch out for in this game. Maybe if they're able to get DeAndre Swift involved in the passing game a little bit as well. I don't expect too big a game from, like, Hawkinson, though. Yeah, I feel like he's not going to be able to get away as much. I feel like they're going to need to use him for protection and um, obviously help in the run game as well. So I agree with you. I wouldn't look towards Hawkinson to having a good game this week. Who do you have winning this game, man? To be honest with you, I actually flipped the coin. I have the Lions winning. I just – Stafford is – he's just one of those elite quarterbacks, in my opinion. He always just finds a way to steal a game at the end or make the right plays. He's really good and comfortable in Detroit in that two-minute offense. And he feels really comfortable with his receivers. I just feel I just feel like it comes down to Stafford in that defense. So it's going to be an interesting game to watch for sure. Yeah, I think the Lions pull this one out. I don't – I don't know. Phillip Rivers, he had a good game the last time he played, but he's looked really bad this mm-hmm. year, and they don't have really anybody to throw the ball to. So if the Lions can get ahead early – I think it's bad news for the Colts. I agree with you. I just don't want it to come down to the kicking game for this one, even though Prater's got a heck of a leg. So for, for mm-hmm. me, I just I think I agree with you. I think this might actually be a candidate for a game of the week, even though obviously other people are going to be looking towards other games this week. I feel like this could be a game to watch. So the next one up is the Vikings and the Packers. You know, I'll know I know you'll be watching this game. <laughs> You're darn right but... I will be. <laughs> so the couple things that I got down – is Dalvin Cook going to end up playing in this one? I need to check into the updates on that a little bit more. I think Devontae Adams will have another monster game. Obviously, he killed him the first game of the year. And then, which Kirk Cousin will show up in this game, pretty much? He's got 10 interceptions this year. But I think if the Packers get ahead early, 
Kirk Cousins really thrives on that play action, and if they don't have to respect the running game, that's what hurts Kirk Cousins overall, and that's when he makes some of his bad decisions. It's very true. I agree with you 100%. Me, my focus on this game is just simply ball security. I have a small stat line for you here, Craig. I hope you enjoy this. You said uh, Kirk Cousins had 10 interceptions this year, right? That's in five and a half games. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many games it took Aaron Rodgers to get to 10 interceptions? Too many. 41 games. The time of possession for the mm -hmm. games, Green Bay's fourth right now, Minnesota's 29th. In the turnover margins, the Vikings are minus seven, Green Bay is plus two. So I think mm -hmm. when it comes down to the Vikings even standing a chance in this game, Kirk Cousins does need to show up tomorrow. And then on top of that, they just need to make sure that they keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. It's the only way the Vikings have ever gotten close with Kirk Cousins being up there in Minnesota. So Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's going to throw probably three touchdowns. He's going to eat away that secondary for the Vikings. So the only chance that they have is to obviously put pressure on Aaron Rodgers as much as possible, which is going to be a little bit of an issue since Yannick is now not there. But that secondary is going to have to do a much better job this time containing those wide receivers than they did in the first week of the season. Mm -hmm. And I just looked. It, it looks like Dalvin Cook's going to play in this one. Another note would just be uh, Aaron Jones might not play again this week with his calf injury. Packers are just kind of saving him, making sure nothing bad happens to him. So if you're playing fantasy, Jamal Williams might be somebody to roll out again this week. Yeah, he's a he's a really decent backup. And then obviously Dylan stepping in on those plays where Williams needs a break. I feel like having uh, Aaron Jones out of the game forces a little bit more into the hands of Aaron Rodgers, which being a Packer fan really doesn't bother me. He's had, you know, 15-plus years of being able to make those types of plays for us and allowing us to lean on him. So uh, having Dalvin Cook in the game is definitely going to help Minnesota for sure. Mm -hmm. They had to be able to pound the ball early and off. And I know the last time they played the Packers, they didn't really get that chance. So that really hurt That's them. That's very accurate. And Minnesota's actually not doing too bad with the run this year. I mean, they're, they usually get the, their stats currently right now are five yards per carry, and they're averaging almost 140 uh, rushing yards a game. So if Dalvin Cook mm -hmm. and Kirk shows up tomorrow, they might actually uh, have a lot better shot this time. Yeah. I assume you got the Packers winning this oh, one. Oh, by a mile, yes. Yeah. So I have them winning by three scores, but. If the Vikings do like we just said, then they should be. It should be a closer game than what we had. Yeah, I think the Packers win. This one might be a little bit closer than the first time they played. Though. For sure. I mean, look at what Minnesota did against uh, Seattle uh, a few weeks back. They literally only lost on the last play. So um, I think it was like four seconds left or something like that. So they're getting more competitive as the season goes on. It's just the Zimmerman system up there is just kind of consistent, if that makes sense. It's just they do what they do up there. Yep. Uh, so we'll move over to the most exciting game of the week. And by most exciting, I mean not exciting at all. <laughs> I think when you and I were talking yeah. about this, I said we shouldn't really waste too much time on it. But I found something that we can talk about. So. <laughs> so we got the Jets and the Chiefs in this one. I only got two notes for this one. Pretty much can Denzel Mims step up, especially if Jameson Crowder and Bashad Perriman don't play? How, do, how does Le'Veon Bell look in his revenge game against the New York Jets? Those are fair assessments, to be honest with you. I hope Le'Veon Bell obviously does well. I, ho I always hope everyone does well. So uh, it's definitely going to be probably the only thing worth watching in this game, to be honest with you. I've watched a little bit of game film on this game, uh, on the Jets, and trying to figure out what they could do to help even stand a chance against the Chiefs or at least make it a competitive game. I mean, they lost last week 18-10. to 10. Their defense did a lot better against Buffalo, even though Buffalo has been kind of struggling lately. So for me, it comes down to that Jets offensive line. They pretty much don't have any premier players or anything, but they're on their fifth different rotation currently, and we're going into week eight. Difference between mm -hmm. just rotating players, injuries, stuff like that. 
They're a huge underdog this year, but what the Jeff's, Jets' offensive line is really bad at doing is acknowledging the safety and cornerback blitzes. When it comes to just being blitzed off the corners and the safeties alone, they actually are the worst in the league right now. So if they can acknowledge those, I, I think it would be an interesting game. It'll be a little bit more competitive, but I, do, I still think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Yeah, and, and like with you saying that, that they're not doing the best recognizing the blitzes, part of that comes down to Sam Darnold, but it's very also very interesting too because Kansas City – his defense is one of the defenses that likes to blitz the most in the league as well. Yeah, both of their safeties actually do like to play up on the line. I mean, spe- specifically uh, Tyron Matthew. Uh, he does a really good job in the pass game, obviously, with the def- deflections and interceptions. He's just always put in a situation. So in the Dynasty Leagues, I feel like if, if, if you have him, I would definitely start him. Tyron Matthew should have an interesting game. When you say the safeties play up in the box, it's mainly Tyron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen. Uh, Thornhill's the... Thornhill still plays back in the box, but Tyron Matthew plays more like your traditional nickel back than more like a safety at this point in time. That's correct. And they've had some inj- in- injuries, excuse me, in the secondary this season. Like Snead was actually looking pretty good uh, for a fourth rounder. So mm-hmm. his industry obviously is he more played into the pass game. So it's definitely going to be interesting. I, I think the, the defense against that Jets offense is going to be something to watch today. We both have the Chiefs winning this game, obviously. Yep. <laughs> Move over to a little bit more exciting game, the Rams and the Dolphins. So I got one thing on the Rams side, and that's pretty much, uh, is Daryl Henderson going to end up playing in this game? And if he does, does he continue his way as the lead back? Uh, he's looked pretty good this year. Overall, I like him myself quite a bit. I've never liked Cam Akers. And then on the Dolphins side, I'm looking at Tua. How does he do in his first start? I'm not expecting much at all from him, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if he had like maybe 210 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And then I'm looking at Mike Gesicki and Preston Williams because I think they're going to be targeted more often with Tua at quarterback since they're bigger targets. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Tua starting this game is kind of like a kind of like a soft spot for me, I guess you can kind of, kind of say. I, I really enjoy watching Fitch. Fitzmatrick do his thing. I think it's a bit early for him to for Tua to get that start, but hey, that's that's their decision. He's going to have his hands full against that uh, that Rams pass rush. They're ranked first overall currently. They've got 24 stat- sacks and they've already had 86 QB pressures. So watch Sam Darnold in that unit wreak havoc against Tua. I think this is going to be an interesting week for um, the Dolphins' offense. If you have any of them in fantasy, I would highly recommend not starting any of them. Um, I feel like he's going to have his hands full against that uh, Rams defense this week. Yeah, I think you can still start Miles Gaskin, the running back. He's going to see a lot of play, but I just I don't, I don't think he's going to be able to put up numbers like he normally does. To be honest with you, that's my opinion. Yeah, but as long as Jordan Howard's inactive, he still gets the he's still going to get the goal line carries. He's still been. Yeah, I don't know if two will throw the ball as much to the running back as Fitzpatrick did, but I think he still has value, especially in PPR leagues this week. That's fair. But as far as, like, Williams, Gesicki, Devontae Parker go, I wouldn't trust any of them until we see a little bit more what Tua's tendencies Correct. Are. I feel like they're going to do a lot of play action down there, just kind of get him comfortable with making the short passes, try to set him up to succeed a bit before they try to open up his arm a bit. I feel mm-hmm. like he he leans on his legs when plays start to break down. He's pretty good on those first maybe two reads, I would say, potentially three, depending on the routes. Um, but, yeah, they're definitely going to need to rely on that. If you're looking just for work workhorse, I would definitely uh, consider it. Yeah, and I think a lot – I don't know what your thoughts on Tua are, but 
I think that's a common like misconception is people think like Tua is way more athletic than he is. Like he can get out of the pocket and move, but he really isn't that good at it. Honestly, when he was at Alabama and he tried to do it, a lot of the times that's where he ended up getting hurt. So I think they're going to try to keep him in the pocket more, try to keep things simple and easy for him, especially early on. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I feel like they're going to utilize him more in the pass game and utilize his legs as a secondary option. And I completely agree with you. I think in order for him to succeed in his NFL career, he's going to have to not just perfect, but almost excel at the passing game. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they even – Kind of like what the Rams have been doing with Jared Goff. Like, they keep him in the pocket most of the time, but they'll use that play action. They'll use a little bit of, like, kind of a bootleg, but not try to use him as a runner. Correct. I mean, Baker Mayfield, for example, he kind of does the exact same thing. They don't really try to have him run. He, he's starting to feel more comfortable in that Cleveland offense in the pocket. And I feel like if they do the similar thing with him, allow him to have the option to run if he needs to. But for the most part, just focus on him making more accurate passes so that you have a good quarterback going into the next few years. Mm-hmm. Who do you have winning this game, then? I have the Rams winning this game. I just think that pass rush is, is something special. And with Tua in his first game, uh, I don't see him you know, do, being as good as Justin Herbert was coming out. So I, I feel like he's going to need some growth, and I feel like this is going to be a learning opportunity game for him. Yeah, I got the Rams as well. I think they're just the better team overall in this one. The next game might actually end up being the game of the week. <laughs> Arguably, yes. We got the Steelers and the Ravens. So in this game, what I'm kind of looking at is how's the Ravens' backfield going to look? Uh, Mark Ingram does have that sprained ankle. I don't think he's going to end up playing. It's still kind of iffy right now. So then you got Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. How do they split carries? Gus Edwards has actually led the backfield in snaps the last three weeks, but obviously Dobbins is the big-name rookie. And then if the Steelers get ahead early, can Lamar Jackson actually make a comeback? When he's trailing at halftime, he hasn't won a game. So, And the Ravens' offense is very run-heavy, and they're not very good at coming back from behind. And then lastly, for the Steelers, I got Deontay Johnson in this game. Is he going to continue to be a target hog? He's had elite target percentage in the three games he's started and finished this year, uh, over 30%. So let's see how that works out. Uh, I did read yesterday that he has a little bit of a bruise on the bottom of his foot as well. So let's see if that impacts him at all too. Makes sense, to be honest with you. To me, I if it was me running in fantasy right now, I would pay very few against this from this game. And it's not because of the, the skill level, it's just – the defenses. I mean, Pittsburgh is ranked first overall. Baltimore is sixth. They're both. This is a notorious like slugfest. Every time they see each other, the defenses just shine. So there's going to be, I think, minimal scoring. Um, ben Roethlisberger against Tennessee last week threw three interceptions. I just, I, I feel like that may have been a rough game for Ben Roethlisberger, but Baltimore's defense is better than Tennessee's. So it's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back from that in that matchup. And as for Jackson, uh, for the passing game, he's got, you know, 10 touchdowns with two interceptions. But like you said, they, they are really terrible coming back from halftime. So uh, to me, personally, I, I'm not starting anybody this week from either of these games. It's just when these two get together, it's sometimes it's, you know, the end score is 3 to 10, and sometimes it's, you know, 30 to 28. To me, it's just not worth that risk. But if you were to play like Jackson or, you know, or, or Roethlisberger could, or any of the wide receivers on the the Pittsburgh side of the ball, it could be like a high-risk, high-reward game. Yeah, I think you can play – you could probably play Lamar Jackson for his rushing upside. Yes. You can play James Conner on the 
on the Steelers side at running back, and you can play Mark Andrews. That's about who I'm trusted in this game. It's just like for me, the quarterback play is going to be key for this. Uh, I mean, the Ravens blitz, you know, 46.1% of the time. Steelers, they blitz 42.7% of the time. The, the Steelers have 26 sacks on this season with Ravens having 22. I just feel like these quarterbacks are going to be under so much pressure. It's going to make these games kind of linear, either making them force them to run the ball, which, again, both both defenses are really good at stopping, and they're going to require quick passes. It's it's definitely going to be – if you like like defenses, this is going to be a game of the week to watch for you for sure. Yeah. Who do you have winning then? So – I'm kind of uh, partial to Ray Lewis, so I kind of grew up watching the Ravens a little bit. Obviously, I'm a diehard Packer fan, but, you know, we got to give appreciation where appreciations due. I just think that the Ravens are going to pull this one ahead just because uh, of Ben Roethlisberger. I'm, the entire game, in my opinion, uh, kind of goes to that, to how, how well he's going to show up tomorrow. And then, obviously, Jackson's running ability, like you stated earlier. I feel like um, Jackson's legs are better than Ben Roethlisberger's consistency with his arm. I'm, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think their defense is just better. I think Ben Roethlisberger, if they're behind, I think he can at least make a comeback. I don't think Lamar Jackson could. I think maybe the Steelers get ahead early and then Lamar struggles from That's there. That's fair. I, like I stated, mine's simply based off of bias. It just If Baltimore gets ahead, Steelers can come back, but it really depends on the first half of that game, I think. Yeah. Then next up we got the Chargers and the Broncos. Probably not the most exciting game, honestly. No, not really. It's Melvin Gordon's first time playing against his former team, by the way. That's something we'll watch out for. I got, can Justin Herbert keep rolling? Obviously, he's had a great start to the season. Mm -hmm. Then I got the Chargers backfield. Who's going to, if anybody's going to take over, whether it's Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson. Denver's been all right against the run, honestly. And then Drew Locke. What, <laughs> what's Drew Locke going to do in this game? He's been pretty. You know, honestly, he's been bad since he's come back from injury. Maybe that's part of it is on his shoulder. He looked all right before that, but I don't know what to say about him, honestly. To me, I think I agree with you. I think it comes down to the quarterback play. Drew Locke so far in the season has one touchdown, four interceptions. He's only averaging just a little under 170 games, a um, 70 yards a game, excuse me. He's only got a 64% passer rating, so I don't. I don't know what's going on with the conversation in Drew Luck down there in Denver, but Justin Herbert is playing lights out since his, you know, since Tyrod went out. He's averaging 308 yards a game. He's got 12 touchdowns, only three interceptions. He's taking care of the ball as a rookie. I think it was you that actually compared him to Brett, Brett Favre-like style of play, um, but obviously Brett, <laughs> Brett Favre didn't really care about taking care of the ball as well as he did. So Justin Herbert's got 108.1 uh, passer rating right now. So I, I really think the difference in – and the quarterback play is going to help out in this game. Yeah, Herbert's almost playing like kind of how Andrew Luck was playing, honestly. Yeah. Like where he could move around a little bit. I know he, I knew he ran some at Oregon, but I thought it was more of the system than anything. Yeah, I feel like he feels more comfortable passing the ball in that Chargers offense, which is understandable. I mean, Keenan Allen has been his number one target uh, since he kind of took over those reps. So in fantasy, he's someone that I would definitely look at uh, maybe starting this week. But yeah, I think Justin Herbert, I think you're right the luck correlation is actually pretty accurate. He's just he's just really good. Like, he's very patient. He's very calm in game situations. The record doesn't even reflect how well of play he's actually doing this season. Um, they've lost a lot of close mm -hmm. games uh, in his first few games of the, of the season. So, Who you got winning this one, then? Um, I have the Chargers beating the Broncos this week. I do as well. I just don't see it with Drew Locke. Honestly, a uh, wild card, like we discussed with Melvin Gordon, with him coming against, like – 
when he was with Denver, he was um, averaging just about 15.8 touches a game and averaging about 63 yards in in the. I'm sorry, that was when he was with the Chargers. In the new system with Denver, he's getting just about the same, but 16.4 carries a game, and he's averaging roughly six yards more per average. So I think he feels more comfortable in that system. If Denver decides to utilize that backfield a little bit more efficiently, I feel like they might stand a chance, but I just think if the Chargers get out ahead early, it's going to be really rough for the Broncos to keep up with the lack of play at quarterback. Mm-hmm. It could be a decent week for Melvin Gordon too, especially if Philip Lindsay is out once again. Yep. And Lindsay's been looking good actually this season. I'm a really big fan of him as a running back, but I feel like the way they split mm-hmm. up their the reps there just – doesn't make it an ideal situation for fantasy. Nah, it just depends if uh, Lindsay's out with his concussion this week. Or not, That's true. If he's going to play, he's going to put up numbers, but I wouldn't bank on him this week. Yeah. We'll move over to the Bears and the Saints next. And I don't know. I don't even think this game is going to be close. Nope. Who do you have winning? The Saints. Yeah, ditto. I feel like this is the first real team that the Bears are actually going to face this year. I, they've been winning ugly, mm-hmm. but I just think this is the start of the decline for that that Bears team this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished the year seven and nine. That wouldn't surprise me they at started all. Started five and one, but for me, it's just is Michael Thomas going to play in this game? He's got that hamstring injury now. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, to be honest with you, I kind of doubt it if he does. The then I'm looking at the Bears. I'm looking at Nick Foles. Is he going to step up? Is the Bears' offensive line going to block better than they did last week? And is Matt Nagy going to get his head out of his butt and figure out how to call plays? <laughs> I actually have Matt Nagy needs to hand off the play calling is one of my things. <laughs> I agree with you. As a Packer fan, I enjoy seeing the struggles down in Chicago, but for people that just love the NFL, it's a rough thing to watch down there. It's just like he made so many mistakes on Monday night. Like He wasted two timeouts early in the game. Then – before halftime, they could have forced the Rams to punt and try to do a little bit of something before halftime, but then he wouldn't use his last time out. Then he wanted to go for it on fourth and one at, on their own two-yard line in the second quarter. They got a false start penalty, so thank God he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then later in the game, it was fourth and one, and he runs a halfback toss to freaking Cordero Patterson. It's like – it's 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 a – it's tough to watch. Like, I understand I, a lot of Packer fans are big fans of McCarthy, but I watched him do the similar stuff, you know, in the last, like, four or five seasons in Green Bay. And it really is frustrating when you're a fan and you're like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? This doesn't make any sense. I'm not even a fan of the Bears. It's just hard to, like, watch, like, coaches be, like, so inept. That's fair. I can understand that. I've seen enough of it with Bill O'Brien, too. So. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Uh, to me, I think the game comes down to the run, essentially the offense of New Orleans. Like Kamara and Murray, that combination is just really good. They're averaging almost 120 yards a rush. Uh, I'm sorry, a game. But that Bears defense is pretty stout against the rush, um, but they're pretty vulnerable to the pass game, which obviously makes Kamara a go-to. But he's a go-to anyway. But against this Bears defense, he's just going to have a heyday. Bears are allowing 240 yards essentially per game. It's actually 238.7. But their defense is only allowing 3.5 yards per carry and 89.7 yards per game on average. So they could have an Murray, if he if he sees a lot of touches today, I feel like he'll open up the field for Kamara and the other available wide receivers for Drew Brees to obviously have a heyday tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think it could be a pretty good game for Alvin Kamara. Jared Cook could be a factor in this one too as well, especially if Michael Thomas and – Emmanuel Sanders don't play. Yeah, he's only been playing like less than, I want to say, if I remember correctly, 25% of the snaps, Jared Cook. But 
he's always yeah. a decent target. He's always solid in the red zone. He's got decent hands, and he's pretty good with the route running. I was actually really upset when Green Bay let him walk after the one season. Granted, he, was, he wasn't very healthy when he was in Green Bay, but I think that he does have a special play this week against that Bears defense. Yeah, that's like a thing about Cook, he's probably been playing closer to 40, 45% of steps, okay. but they're using it more as just a pass catcher, and they're using like Josh Hill and Adam Troutman and kind of two tight end sets for blocking, and then sometimes Taysom Hill's in there. Oh, I love Taysom Hill. <laughs> Wish Green Bay would have never let him go. He hasn't really done much this year, honestly. He hasn't. His stats have actually been mediocre at best. I feel like last season they used a lot of packages with him to kind of give Drew Brees just a little bit of a rest between plays or figure out what was going on, have a conversation on the sideline more or less. But he's a decent decent yeah. option. It gives them an interesting package to help move that offense. And like I said, just give Drew Brees like one or two plays off. Mm-hmm. But I think for the Bears to even have a shot, it's going to come down to Nick Foles uh, in his play, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, too, is Allen Robinson has a concussion. He's in concussion protocol, too. So if he doesn't play, the Bears are even more. Yep. That's very accurate. Uh, but if he doesn't play, Darnell Mooney becomes kind of interesting. I'm not sure if you play him in a real fantasy league, but in DFS, he's very good value Correct. there. I can agree with that. So the next game was the Seahawks and the 49ers. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know too much to say about this game, really. Uh, honestly, I think uh, this will be a bounce-back game for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I think last week's punch in the face uh, kind of helped him understand ball security a little bit. For me, mm-hmm. I think in order for the Seahawks to guarantee a win here, they're going to have to pick up on that third-down conversions. They're really good at maintaining those third-down conversions, so they're going to have to rely on those running backs to have a first good first two downs. Russell Wilson is the leading rusher currently on the team, though. Um, I think it's just because of playing against decent cornerbacks uh, the last several weeks. But he's got 29 attempts with an average of 8.2 yards per average. So I feel like if you rely on Russell Wilson to do it with his arm, which he is lights out this year for 22 touchdowns, he's only thrown six picks, but he's almost up to 1,900 yards passing already for the year. He's obviously a potential MVP candidate. Um, How he's been playing this year has just been insane. So if they can rely on his arm and him not having to use his legs, uh, the Seahawks, I think, will end up taking it. Yeah, for me, it's just it comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo, honestly. And he wasn't very good last week. Yeah, like two weeks ago, he was all right. And the week before that, he was pretty bad. So it's like, what are we going to see? Is he going to be able to take advantage of a poor Seahawks defense? Is he going to be able to make plays when they need to make plays because they're going to be coming from behind? I agree with you 100%. And that 49ers defense needs to kind of step up uh, with obviously with the injuries that they're having there. It should be the next man up kind of mentality. They're going to need to kind of hold Russell Wilson to – I mean, Russell Wilson's going to put up Russell Wilson numbers, but if they can hold him back, it'll give Garoppolo a chance to at least do his magic and allow him to kind of be, have a chance to get into the groove and, and maybe help the 49ers steal this win. Yeah, I think the the 49ers defense has stepped up pretty nicely since all yep. these injuries, but they need to get a little bit of pressure on Russell Wilson. I think Jason Verrett is the corner, and he's going to be on DK. So I think he – I think he has a decent matchup for his DK, but I think they got to find a way to shut Tyler Lockett down after his big game, obviously. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but did, watching the Arizona game last week, one was an insane game. It was absolutely amazing game to watch. But the majority of the Lockett catches was him just kind of taking off. He didn't even take like a stutter step or try to get the corner off. He just flat out outran them. And Russell Wilson threw up a lot of balls to him. He just outran mm-hmm. everybody. So I agree with you. I think containing Tyler Lockett will definitely help slow down that uh, that Seahawks offense. 
he honestly is a very good wide receiver. He's kind of more like a slot wide receiver, but he's a slot wide receiver of speed. So like he takes it over the middle and then like he can run right by you if he needs to. And obviously when plays break down, Russell Wilson, he's the first guy he looks to because they had that good buy. I agree with you. 100 percent they're gonna have to contain that offense somehow and i just i just don't see the 49ers defense being able to contain them they're just too good like they're gonna have a few three and outs or they might able to help stall the seahawks out like on some possessions but i just see the seahawks this week just manhandling that 49ers defense i think the seahawks went in this one the only other thing i had left was the who's going to be the seattle seahawks running back in this game chris carson could miss uh with the foot sprain they said two weeks at first. Now he's a game-time decision. And Carlos Hyde's got a hamstring injury himself. And Travis Homer's the third guy, and he's got a knee contusion as well. So it could be down to DJ Dallas. We'll just have to see who ends up playing in that. It's game. definitely going to be something to watch. Hyde had a good game last week, but Russell Wilson's legs apparently have been their, um, their running game. So, I mean, hey, I agree with you. Something to watch. Yeah, they're definitely throwing the ball a lot more, too, so that kind of makes some of those numbers. I agree with you. Yeah, but we'll go over to the Cowboys and the Eagles game, the Sunday night game, the barn burner itself. <laughs> That's funny. What do you have to watch in this yeah. game, Craig? What do you think we should pay attention to? Not much for fantasy, but we'll look and see. I think Ben DiNucci is going to end up being the starting quarterback for the Cowboys, seventh-round rookie out of James Madison. So it might not be too pretty for them. Then I got, is Alshon Jeffrey or Miles Sanders going to play in this one? I don't think Miles Sanders will play. They have a bye week next week. Let's we'll see if Elshon plays. I think they said he had a calf injury now, too, so he's always hurt. Yeah, pretty much. But he's coming back from foot surgery, obviously, so something's always up with him. I, I don't know if either of those two will play. And then I think the Eagles' defense is a smash play this week, especially fantasy, DFS, anything like that. I can 100% agree with you on that, on that assessment. The quarterback play in Dallas is obviously kind of up in the air right now. And that determines, unfortunately, how the Cowboys season is going to run. But in order for the Eagles to to pull out this win, which I, I obviously I have the Eagles win. I don't know who you have winning. Who do you have winning? Well, I have yeah. the Eagles. The Cowboys are like right now. The Cowboys might be as bad as the yeah. They're pretty rough right now. Again, uh, I've already kind of stated this. I am not a McCarthy fan at all. I spent a good good portion of a decade cursing his name. So um, I understand that a lot of that's not on his fault but at the end of the day as the head coach it's your job to try and figure out how to set your players up to succeed and I just I don't think McCarthy has it obviously they're having issues uh between the players and the coaching staff there so obviously I don't want to you know try to try to fan the flame with that type of topic to me I just feel Mm -hmm. like the fantasy wise I don't think this is like you said a good game uh for the Dallas side of the ball Amari Cooper the last time he was matched up against uh, Darius Slay he only had six targets with two completions for 33 yards yards excuse me so if if Lamb kind of steps up or Gallup kind of steps up, I feel like that offense can kind of move. But I think the play on the uh, the Dallas Cowboys side is going to come down to Zeke, to be honest with you. Yeah, and Zeke's been struggling a lot lately. I know their offense – they have, like, no offensive line. That's left. true. They're very injury uh, – having injury issues down there uh, in Dallas. But I, I think your assessment on that as well, that the Eagles are just going to run away with this one, and they literally need to run away with this one. Uh, Dallas's run defense is the worst in the NFL. They're averaging 178.2 yards per game allowed. They've actually allowed nine plays to go for plus 20 yards and then a total of three to go 40-plus yards. So if that, that run defense doesn't step up for Dallas, it's going to be a long game for the Cowboys. 
It looks like Zach Martin's going to be back this week, so they'll at least have two starting offensive linemen. That's that's decent, I guess. That's honestly, yeah, but there's yeah. very few times we focus on offensive line to uh, that obviously will sway the the outcome of games. But this is like like the earlier game stated. I feel like this is going to be one of those games where they need to kind of fix what's going on with that line, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Because I mean, Jerry's really focused on drafting uh, linemen for several years there, and they had the deepest line for several seasons. Yeah, they still they still have one of the best offensive lines in football, but Smith's hurt, Collins is hurt, and the starting center's hurt. Yep. So all this left is gonna be Zach Martin and Connor Williams. But Chemistry. Martin's gonna be back this week. But I think for the for their offense, they need to be able to run the ball early. Philadelphia's been really good against running the ball. And Michael Gallup is not going to be a factor in this game because he's their deep guy. Yep. So they, they're not gonna be able to block long enough for him. I think it's just going to be CeeDee Lamb and maybe Dalton Schultz in the passing game, but I wouldn't count on either of them in fantasy. And I think if they start running, I think um, it'll put a little pressure on Carson Wentz to maintain, obviously, that kind of clock management style they're going to do. Wentz's play has kind of went down over the years. He's already got 10 touchdowns with 10 interceptions. The only other player that I can relate to that conversation that was a starting quarterback, Winston, when he was in Tampa Bay, um, ball security is huge. If Wentz has a bad day today, I mean, the Cowboys will have a better shot, but I still think the Eagles are going to pull through this. Yeah, I think in this game, too, when you talk about Carson Wentz and the Eagles, it's just them not making dumb mistakes on offense, Shoot honestly. themselves in the foot, I agree with you. And I think uh, Boston Scott could have a decent game if Miles Sanders doesn't go. Uh, Richard Rodgers could have an okay game. Travis Fulgham could have a decent game once again as well. As obviously Richard Rodgers being an ex-packer, he just got quality hands. His route running's not, not the best. Like he does, he's got okay speed, but Richard Rodgers has got good hands. You throw it to him, he's going to catch it. Yep. So we'll get to the last game of the week. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants. This one might be kind of lopsided as well. Yep. I can 100% agree with that. Uh, so I got just a couple things in this game, honestly. So I got Tampa Bay's defense. They're obviously one of the best in the business right now. So. They're six. They're, they're actually the sixth best defense in the NFL, but they are insane. They're so good. I agree with you. They, they ironed out some of the kinks lately. So <laughs> Then we got Ronald Jones versus Leonard Fournette. How's that timeshare going to be split up? And Daniel Jones, can he make a play if he needs to it, and not fall? I was just going to say he can make a play, but it's the last 10 yards that always get him. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. He he's not going to get away with that against. Uh, oh no! Bay, I, I feel like he's going to be needing to take off um, after the first two reads. If something's not there, he might need to go that route. But he's not going to get far. That Tampa Bay doesn't allow any play in the uh, in the box there, and the only way that Tampa Bay no. can be beat is over the top. And Daniel Jones, in my opinion, isn't the best over the top. He's not really accurate after twenty yards for the most part. So. I think I agree with you. In order for the Giants to even have a play in this game, which is a long shot, they're going to have to rely on that run game, which Tampa Bay is one of the best against the run. Yeah, and even with that, too, likely without Devontae Freeman, so it's going to be Wayne Gallman and Deion Lewis. And then, like you said, and I've been saying, is Tampa's weakness is only being beat over the top. The Giants don't really have a guy to do that. Maybe Darius Slayton, but – their offensive line is probably not going to be able to block long enough for that to happen. Correct. Either. I think the only wide receiver I think that would be okay, and I don't even – I think he's still playing. I think he's going to be playing this week is Tate. Uh, he always sees play every single time he touches the field. So 
For PPR leagues, I think he might be someone to look at. He runs a lot of the short routes and stuff like that, so he might be a go-to route for Daniel Jones this week. Yeah, for me, the only wide receiver I play on the Giants side probably be Sterling Shepard. He, when all three of them play together, he's the one that gets the most targets. He's kind of that middle guy. He's not really the short route guy, and he's not really the deep guy like Slayton. So he could get a little bit of that intermediate work and make a difference there. I don't think Golden Tate's going to do too much in this one. We'll have to see who covers who, especially yes. for Tampa Bay this week. I, obviously, I think Carlton Davis will probably be on Shepard or Slayton. Dean will probably be on the other one. Actually, Dean might be on Evan Ingram. Possibly, yeah. And then Murphy Bunting will probably be on Tate, I would guess. Yeah. But Jamel Dean, Jamel Dean is like the most underrated defensive back in the league right now. Honestly. I can understand. I agree with you 100% on that, by the way. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> I don't think he gets a lot of credit. I, I, yeah, he's a second-year player out of Auburn, but – like I sent you that thing earlier is PFF, the grading defensive players in their second year, and he was the highest graded yep. one. Like he's a playmaker, like a defensive back. Like I don't even know who to compare him to because he's a big guy. He can run. He's physical. He makes good yeah, reads. Yeah, honestly, he looks like a tight end in a way, to be honest with you. I don't know. He's like a strong safety playing corner. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> um, for fantasy-wise, though, anybody on the Bucks side, I think you're okay with starting this week uh, in the run game for that, whoever they end up getting reps with that. Uh, I think Miller will be a wide receiver to definitely look to. Uh, Brady's really enjoyed throwing to him over the last several weeks. So uh, just start anybody <laughs> uh, that's on the Bucks team, to be honest with you. Here's the weird thing about Scotty Miller is every time people don't put him in their fantasy lineup, he does something. Then as soon as they, you move him in because you think he's going to do something, then he doesn't do anything. Yeah. So uh, And last week, like, Grunk got had – had obviously he, he looked like the grunk of old. So I just I don't see him doing that again this week. So I think Scotty Miller might see a lot more reps this week. I just he I agree with you. He's spotty. So when people play him, he does he does nothing. And then the weeks they forget about him, he, you know, puts up a an insane amount of points. So I think yeah. Brady just feels really comfortable throwing to him. Uh I actually call Scotty Miller the whack a mole. <laughs> you never know what he's gonna it's do. True. Uh, but in the game, so he's had – there's two been two other games this year where Godwin didn't play, and then the second one, Justin Watson didn't play either. And those are the two games where everybody started Scotty Miller and they thought he was going to do something, but then he didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So he's he's very interesting guy because he's a little guy. He's five foot nine from Bowling Green. He's got pretty good speed, and he's actually – so he's like Wes Welker if Wes Welker could get over the top. To me, I felt like he was more like a Randall Cobb in Green Bay. Like he was really – he's really good with his route running. He's extremely speedy. And Randall Cobb, when, when he was in his prime, when he was up in Green Bay, he was really good at that. If you remember his very first play, uh, he ran he ran a kickoff return back for 108 yards to the house. So I can see Scotty having that type of speed and, and vision in getting yards after the catch. So I think this week with me, I just feel like the Bucks. this is kind of like a game where they can kind of get ahead early and then kind of put in the backups to obviously do stuff. So I just think like Scotty Miller might have a shot at getting some catches this week. But I agree with your assessment. Yeah, he'll get some work, but I just I don't know if it's going to be this up. game or not. He might be one of the, he might be one of them guys that benefits from everybody else playing, and they just kind of forget about him. Yeah, that's how I look like at Cole Beasley. Like there's games where he's kind of like a whack a mole, where he'll only pull up like three points in PPR, but then the next week he'll put up like seventeen. Uh, but people forget about him, and that's when he obviously does better. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's a decent matchup for Scotty Miller. They talked about playing Mike Evans more in the slot again this week, so we'll have to see if that happens. I think that's an interesting look for Mike Evans. It definitely uh, gives him a different look at his normal type of game that he's been accustomed to over the last few years. But I, I think Brady's just starting to get really comfortable in that in that system now. Obviously, you and I have had a conversation about this, but there was no preseason, so the first four weeks would have normally been preseason. So this is like this is going into week four of a normal NFL season. So. I think Brady's just becoming more comfortable, and I feel feel like if they would have had a preseason, uh, I feel like the Bucks would have probably got a little bit more comfortable working with that offense with the quality of defense that they've been able to build this year. I think uh, one other thing, you you're kind of like a little bit like down on Gronk, like you don't think he's going to keep this up. In the last two weeks, he's seen eight, eight targets in both games, so I think he's getting more involved in the offense. And that's fair. I think Gronk and uh, Brady, obviously, they have really good chemistry coming from New England, so they're used to playing together. And I feel like, and I I made a joke about this a few weeks back, but it felt like when you look at Brady's past chart, I guess you could say, and his targets, I feel like each game he kind of made it a, an effort to kind of get comfortable with the route reading with each of them. I don't want to say he was playing chess with the defense, but I feel like he was just learning each of the players. And Gronk obviously not having a lot of the reps mm-hmm. going, not reps, excuse me, the targets earlier on in the season might be accustomed to that. I just I just don't think that this is a good matchup for Gronk. Anytime he has a good game, like if you remember, I think he had several targets, I think it was like week two or week three. The following week, he only had like one or two targets. So I feel like they'll pay more attention to him uh, because Gronk can literally dismantle a defense by himself when he needs to. I think he's going to be all right since he's done it a couple weeks in a row now, but Giants' defense isn't awful against the tight end, at least. So. I can agree with that. And Brady Brady looked great last week. He looked like somebody who wasn't 43 years old. He was just putting the ball wherever he wanted. I feel like uh, that was partially matchup, but me, I'm not – I've never been a fan of Brady. I always felt like Belichick was the reason that he succeeded up in New England, but obviously if you look at the New England this year as opposed to not having Brady, I feel like they're – they're having some growth issues up there. But I feel like Brady just plugging into a decent system with good support. I feel like he's got a lot more targets, better targets down in Tampa Bay. He's got the exact same style of defense. Mm-hmm. Belichick has always had a smash mouth defense that's always just kept teams to low points. So they always just did game management. So I feel like with the system that Brady's in down there, it allows him to kind of air open his his arm a little bit. And to be honest with you, I it kind of makes me want to go back and see if how Brady would have done in a more aggressive uh style of playbook as opposed to what Belichick usually runs. So I feel like he's pretty much got the exact same style of team down in uh, Tampa Bay, but I feel like he's got a lot more weapons around him than he had up in New England. Oh, he definitely does. And I think part of the reason New England's struggling is because they don't have those playmakers on offense. And they're kind of realizing that even though Brady was, he might not have been as good as he used to be, they still kept that team together no matter what. I can agree with that 100%. You look at who they got now in New England, and none of these guys can get separation. None of them can get yep. open. I mean, I even drafted Edelman on a team this year, and, uh, like, he's not even getting the reps that he would normally do. At the time when we did the dra- our draft for the XFL League, essentially to me, I felt like who any quarterback that went into that system, Edelman was going to be able to succeed, regardless of who the passer was, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Edelman is mm-hmm. – he's not looking the best with a, without a quality quarterback. So it's – he's still Edelman, yeah. don't get me wrong, but I just feel like – that offense is definitely struggling up there in New England. Yeah, he had a couple of decent games to start the year, and then he had a couple of rough weeks, but let's we'll see I, how it bounces back. Yeah, I still like Edelman, don't get me wrong, but I feel like Tom Brady, that was his best target up in New England, and so I, he, he has multiple Edelmans down in Tampa Bay. 
Like he's got multiple weapons that he can throw to that he's comfortable throwing the ball to. And Arian's offense is just, it's, it's designed to move the ball. So I feel like Brady's in a lot better scenario going into the twilights of his years to, to succeed down there in Tampa Bay. Hey, Manning was kind of the same way too. You know, when he went to Denver, he had all the weapons right around him. And his so arm was trash. That deep in his last season, the, um, but the Denver defense was insane to help support that offense. So if he had a series where he struggled, it didn't matter. It was usually either a three and out or a few first downs, and then they were back out on the field anyway. So um, it allowed for Peyton Manning to excel. So I feel like Tom Brady really did pick a good team to go to for the last two years of his life, or life in the NFL, I guess you could say. Two years? He's no, that's not 50, happening. There's no way. I mean, look at any other quarterback. I mean, I'm even worried about that with Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, Drew Brees, his arm is starting to look a little less. He's not doing a lot of long – long passes as he used to do in the past, but it's also the style of offense. You're trying to get another few years out of him. Peyton Manning's arm kind of went right, right after that. Even, even like reaching back into the old vault here, like Joe Montana's arm, like his started to go when he went to Kansas city. Like you reach a certain point when your arm just isn't the way it is when it is in your prime. So it's interesting to see when that drop off is going to happen with Brady, but I just don't see it happening this year. Yeah. It's, this is what he says he wants to do. That. I also want to retire at 20, but, you know, a lot of things aren't always in our hands, I don't think. So So of all the games this week, Craig, which one's your one to watch this week? If you were to pick one game to watch, which one would it be? Probably a Steelers-Ravens Definitely game. an interesting game to watch, for sure. If you like defensive games. Yeah, two very similar teams, two very good defenses. Probably going to be the most competitive game, I would think. My second one would probably be the Raiders and the Browns. <laughs> That's my second one as well, I think. To me, I think I would – I kind of would recommend watching that Colts-Lions game just because of how evenly they are matched. But if you're wanting to good see like a, a good old-fashioned butt kicking, I would definitely recommend that Seahawks game uh, against the Niners. <laughs> I think Russell Wilson's just going to be too pissed off <laughs> this game. I, and, I, and I say that like leisurely. I'm talking competitive-wise, not like emotionally-wise. Like with Russell Wilson, when he gets angry or he gets focused, like it's game over. So – That'd be the game to watch if you're watch, wanting to watch a shootout. But I think I agree with you. The Steelers-Ravens game, um, the Raiders-Browns, and then the Colts and Lions, I think will be the games to watch this week. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for joining us. This was our week eight. Uh, just going through each game that's remaining on the slate. We'll be doing a little bit more of this going forward. So be sure to check that out as well. Thank you guys for joining us once again.